Today on episode 285 of the Computer Tutor Podcast, if you have some pictures on your computer and you want to send them to someone, whatever you do, don't send them by email. That's the worst way to send pictures. Today we'll talk about the best way to send pictures to someone, and it's also super fast and completely free. And a bonus, if you work with WordPress websites and sometimes run into a problem you can't figure out, I've got a great resource for you. Welcome to another episode of The Computer Tutor, tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your computer tutor, Scott Johnson. Well, good morning and welcome back, or just welcome if it's your first time here. This is the Computer Tutor Podcast, and I am your personal computer tutor, Scott Johnson, and I'm right here every Monday morning to show you how to do cool things on your computer. And there's no techie mumbo-jumbo here, just regular English. My primary business is computer repair, and it seems like a lot of the work I do for my clients has to do with making everything on their computer faster. In today's episode, we're talking about a super fast way to send pictures, but what I've been doing for a lot of my clients is making their whole computer incredibly fast just by upgrading to a solid-state drive. Drive like that has no moving parts. It's just solid memory, and you wouldn't believe how fast it makes your computer. Well, if you want to find out more about that, get in touch with me. You can call me at 727-254-9078 or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And today's tip can be seen at my website if you go to computertutorflorida.com forward slash 285. So let's get started. Today's tip came in by email from Terry, who listens to this podcast, and Terry wrote me this message. Scott, you've piqued my interest with this sentence that you sneaked into a recent podcast. You said, really, sending pictures by email is a bad idea to start with, but that's a story for another day. Well, how about making that day next week's podcast? I want to know what you recommend. Photos are a problem I constantly struggle with, both sending and receiving. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Terry. So I thought, yeah, that is a good idea to talk about that on the podcast, and it's actually good timing since it will relate to what we just talked about on the episode just prior to this, just a week ago, but I'll get to that in just a minute. People have been sending pictures by attaching them to emails for a very long time. I kind of remember back when this first started happening, back sometime in the 90s, and it was so cool. You could just click a few keys and send an actual photograph from your computer to someone else's computer with an email. And really, people have been doing it from then right up until today, mainly because that's the only way they know how to send a picture. But there are a bunch of reasons why sending pictures by email is a bad idea. And I should say, for what we're talking about today, we're mostly referring to when you have a bunch of pictures to send. Like maybe you took your little kids to Disney World and you want to send the pictures to Grandma and Grandpa so they can see all the fun family photos from the trip. So why shouldn't you send that set of pictures by email? Well, for me, I think there are four big reasons. First of all, it's not very convenient for you, especially if the pictures you want to send aren't all in the same folder on your computer. And you either have to send all of them at once, which means you have a bunch of pictures attached to just one email, 
or you have to split them up and send just one or two at a time by sending several separate emails. It's a big pain. The second thing is it's inconvenient for the recipient. You've already had to go through the process of sending all those pictures and emails, and now your recipient has to go through the process of receiving them. I remember back in the early days when I'd get an email with a bunch of pictures attached, I'd be waiting quite a while for the emails to finish downloading because of the large file size. Now, that's not as big a deal now because of high-speed internet, but grandma and grandpa still have to figure out how to open those pictures, and if they want to save them, how do they get them from the email program to be saved on their computer? The third reason is the email might not make it in the first place because of the file size. Now, no matter what email service you use, whether it's Gmail or Yahoo or AOL or, or even your local internet provider, they all have size limits on how much you can send in an email. Most of them average somewhere between like 10 megabytes and 25 megabytes as a limit, which is not very much. That means you're likely going to have to split up your pictures and send them by separate emails, which just adds to that hassle factor. And the fourth reason, and this is probably my favorite, even if you do get your emails through to the recipient, they might just not get opened. This is especially true if the person you're emailing has any sense of computer security. Here's my policy on what I do when I get an email that has an attached file. I don't open it. Now, often I have people tell me, if I get an email with an attachment, I don't open it unless it's from someone I know. Well, my policy is, if I get an email with an attachment, I don't open it, especially if it's from someone I know. If your best friend clicks on something and gets a virus, and that virus then sends itself out to everyone in that person's contact list, well, guess what? You're in that contact list, and your friend doesn't even know those emails are getting sent out. If my own mother sends me an email with an attachment, I don't open it. Now, the only exception to this is if the sender has told me what the attachment is and that I should be expecting it to come in by email. Now, this means by maybe a phone call or I talk to them in person, some type of communication other than the email message itself. That doesn't count. A virus can send itself out with a message that says, hey, check out this picture of the two of us from a year ago. And that sounds totally innocent, right? And it's coming from your best friend, so it must be okay, right? But as soon as you click to open it, it's too late. So if you have any sense of security at all, you just don't open attachments. Okay, so we pretty much established that sending a bunch of pictures by email isn't really the best way to do it. It's kind of like sending a brick through the mail inside a padded envelope. It's just a pain for both the sender and the receiver, and it might not make it anyway. But there's a much better way to send pictures. It's quicker, it's easier, and it doesn't cost you anything. With this method, you send your pictures by using the cloud. All right, now some people are listening to this right now, and they might be saying, oh, great, he just said the cloud. I don't even know what the cloud is, so how am I ever going to learn how to use it? But hang on a minute. This is going to be easier than you think. You want to know what's meant when you hear a computer person talking about the cloud? All it means is a computer other than your computer. That's as simple as it is. Like when you have a web-based email service like Gmail or Yahoo or Hotmail, those emails aren't stored on your computer, right? They're stored on the Gmail or the Yahoo computers. That means your emails are stored in the cloud. And that's convenient because you can go to any computer in the world and sign into your email account, and there are all of your emails. 
That's what is meant by cloud-based storage. It's just your files being stored on some other computer. And in last week's episode, we talked about the Google Photos service. And if you didn't hear that, you should go back and listen to it. You can see it on my blog at computertutorflorida.com slash 284 because it was episode 284. When you have your phone automatically upload your pictures to Google Photos, that means your photos are stored in the cloud. So if you want to see them, you just go to photos.google.com and there they are. Well, guess what? If you can see your photos that way, that means you can send a link to someone so that they can see your photos that way too. But if we go back to the previous example with the Disney pictures, you obviously don't want to send Grandma and Grandpa a link to all of your Google Photos from the beginning of time. You just want to have them view the Disney pictures. So here's what you do. Since all of your photos are already in Google Photos, you go to that site on your computer and you find the ones from the Disney trip. Now, when you move your mouse over a picture in Google Photos, you're going to see a little checkbox appear right up in the top left corner of that picture. So you click that and you put a check mark on that picture. And you do that for every picture you want to send, whether it's just a couple of pictures or if it's a hundred pictures. Then once you have the pictures you want all selected, go up to the top and click the share button. You probably already know what that looks like since you have one on your phone too. It's kind of like the less than sign but with dots on each end. When you click that, it opens up a new window, and in that window, you click on Get Link. Now you'll see a link. In other words, it's just a web address, and at the end of that link is the word copy. Just click on the word copy. Now you're not going to really see anything happen, but trust me, something did just happen. Now you go and create an email to your friend, or to grandma and grandpa, whoever you want to send those pictures to. And in the body of the email, you do a right-click and choose Paste. That's the link to view your pictures. Then you just send the email. And what does that look like to your recipient? Well, when Grandma and Grandpa get that email, they're not going to have to figure out how to view or to download or save those 50 pictures from your Disney trip. All they have to do is click that link. And when they do that, they will immediately see your Google Photos page but the only photos they see are the ones you put a check mark on when you selected them. And of course, if they wanted to, Grandma and Grandpa can download those pictures and save them on the computer. They can make them into a screensaver, or they can do what all good grandparents do. They can forward that email link to all their friends, along with a note that says, Hey, take a look, here's some photos of our grandchildren. So that's how I would recommend sending a bunch of photos instead of using email. And if you have a better way or a better idea, I'd love to hear about it. And before I duck out of here, I wanted to just mention something that you might find useful if you work with WordPress websites. I built my own website on the WordPress platform, and I built websites for a few of my clients. It's not really work that I normally go after because it's not really my specialty, and it does take some time, but I can do it. So if you're looking for a simple website created and it's not very expensive, like less than $500, I can do that for you. But recently, I was creating a website for a friend of mine, and she's a writer, so she wanted a nice place where she could do blog posts and just post her writing for those that want to read it. And as she was doing this website, I ran into a couple little problems that I didn't quite know how to get resolved. I needed to get certain words to appear in a particular unusual font, and some words in different colors, stuff like that, because my friend is pretty particular about the way she wants the site to look. And I just couldn't get it figured out. But fortunately, I have a friend named Howard, who is a WordPress guru. He knows how to go behind the scenes and 
dig into the actual code, and get a WordPress site customized just exactly how you want it. So if you're ever dealing with a problem that has to do with WordPress, I would recommend that you contact him. And no, this is not a paid advertisement. I'm just pointing out a great resource that I found helpful, and I'm sure some people listening to this are going to find it helpful too. Howard's last name is Spaeth, and that's spelled S-P-A-E-T-H. And you can contact him by phone at 201-606-2626 or through his website, which is hgrantdesigns.com. I think you're going to find him to be very helpful, and feel free to tell him you heard about it on this podcast. And did you know you can support this podcast by shopping at Amazon through my affiliate link, and that link is computertutorflorida.com forward slash shop. And when you go through that link, you're right there on the Amazon website, and your prices are exactly the same, but Amazon gives me a little commission for each purchase, and you get a big thank you from me. And if you want to get in touch with me, you are certainly welcome to. I'm always open to ideas about stuff to talk about here on the show. Or you can send me a one-liner joke you like. Or you can tell me a story about something amazing that happened to you. Whatever you want. You can email me at pctutor at gmail.com. Or you can call my podcast voicemail line at 727-386-9468. And you can leave a recorded message anytime, day or night. That's going to do it for this week. As always, I'll see you back here next Monday morning with another computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future topic, you're welcome to do so at my website, computertutorflorida.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free Monday morning email newsletter. If you have a computer problem, give me a call at 727-254-9078. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. God bless. The first drill bit was invented in 1861. And when that happened, it was a real turning point.